You have heard of, but never seen me, so I will introduce myself. My name is Arke. Linda, come here. Yeah. Leave her alone. Thank you. All materials pertaining to this substance now, or she dies. What sort of uh, rejuvenation will you be able to perform on her then? solution as well. Hello and welcome to the Brothers in Armchairs podcast. We are friends brought together through our years of military service who share a common interest in movies and pop culture. I'm your host, Kenny, and with me today is my brother, Dell. Aloha. So today's anniversary movie was voted on by you, the listener, on our social media. It's 1982's Swamp Thing, which celebrates its 40th anniversary on February 19th. Considered a hot comic property after the success of Superman, Swamp Thing was produced by Swamp Films, directed by legendary film director Wes Craven, and stars Louis Jordan, Scream Queen Adrian Barbeau, Ray Wise, and Dick Durock. Before we get started, please hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We've heard subscribing to our podcast will help you discover the perfect ingredients to solve world hunger or possibly turn you into a pig beast hellbent on destruction. But either way, you'll have us to thank for it. Oh, my God. What is that? Cable. I don't believe this. All the places that Linda dropped the formula, the boards grew. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Alec! Linda! What? Get in here quick! This is fantastic. Alec! This is incredible! As a kid, I remember renting this film from the local blockbuster, probably sometime in the late 80s. My 45-year-old self remembers fondly of this movie, thinking that the movie was action-packed with a cool monster as the main character and lots of fight sequences. My eight-year-old brain seemed content with what I saw. However, having rewatched this film for the first time in 30-plus years, what I seem to recall isn't the reality of what's on screen. In fact, this film has more in common with the 90s show Mighty Morphin Power Rangers <laughs> than it does with a high-quality production featuring an iconic comic book property. Dell, I imagine it's been a while since you've seen it. What'd you think? Yeah, it's been like 30 years since I've seen it. And so, uh, y- you know what? The Mighty Morphin thing is perfect because watching it immediately, I got hit with like a TV movie, right? It's hard to believe that this thing was made for theaters. So I had the same reaction, Ken. Just I'll, I'll give you a little more detail as we break it down. So what I gather from that is it's basically in 10 years, 
two and a half million dollars, what produced a two and a half million dollar film essentially got whittled down to what would eventually be a kid's TV show on Saturday morning. Yeah, basically. I mean, it looks like it. Yeah. Same production value. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But with that said, let's dive into Swamp Thing. Government agents, scientists, soldiers, master criminals, secret formulas, monsters, and midgets. None of them belong in this swamp. Only one thing does. The Swamp Bear. Uh-huh. Here comes trouble. The Swamp Thing. Adrienne Barbeau and The Swamp Thing, an outrageous pair in the incredible adventure that grows on you or all over you. The Adventures of the Swamp Thing. The comic book legend lives. Swamp Thing has a runtime of one hour and 31 minutes, is rated PG. It is considered a horror sci-fi film and is currently available for streaming on Tubi for free. Dell, you got a one-liner? No, man, I ain't got one liner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, having said that, my one liner is <laughs> yeah, that's right. an oddball fantasy film with an entertaining premise that illustrates a master of film prowess at work with any budget and at any genre. It's better than what they had on their poster. <laughs> All right. So here's a quick setup regarding the film. Following the mysterious death of one of their scientists, government worker Alice Cable arrives in the swamplands of the South as a replacement. Enter Dr. Alec Holland, a brilliant scientist who is concocting a potion that will solve world hunger. Everyone within the camp has heard that evil paramilitary leader Anton Arcane wants the invention for himself. When Dr. Holland has a breakthrough in his potion, Arcane attacks the camp. During the attack, Holland's assistant is killed and an accident with the potion mixed with fire forces Holland into the swamp. Meanwhile, Alice Cable escapes with one of the journals containing the formula for the potion. As Cable makes her way through the swamp the next day, she is captured by the paramilitary men. She is then rescued by a mysterious creature who looks both man and part of the swamp. Arcane realizes he is missing part of the formula and orders his men to find Cable and the missing book. As Swamp Thing battles the paramilitary men over the course of several days, he and Cable are finally captured and taken to Arcane. Now, with the final notebook, Arcane recreates the potion and tries it on one of his henchmen, turning him into a small pigment. When Arcane questions Swamp Thing regarding the formula and how it works, he responds with, There's nothing hidden. No secrets. The formula works in so simple a way. 
What Bruno took was what changed me. It only amplifies your essence. It simply makes you more of what you already are. And with this knowledge, Arcane takes the formula for himself, which transforms him into a hideous monster. In the dungeon, Swamp Thing is recharged by sunlight and frees himself and Alice and escapes into the swamp. Once in the swamp, the Pig Man and Vegetable Man do battle with Swamp Thing emerging victorious, but with Alice mortally wounded. Using his powers, Swamp Thing heals Alice and then returns to the swamp while Alice is free to leave. Alice pleads with Swamp Thing to stay, and Alice will help him rebuild his work, but he refuses and lumbers off into the swamp. Roll credits. So let's talk about the backstory of how Swamp Thing came to be. In 1979, Michael Uslan, along with his production partner, Ben Melnicker, purchased the rights to Batman and a little-known DC Comics property called Swamp Thing. Uslan's history with the comics is deep and rich. Having been a fan since a boy, he convinced Indiana University to allow him to teach a class entitled The Comic Book in Society, a class that is still taught today. In fact, Uslan loved comics so much, he had a 30,000 comic book collection that filled three rooms in his house. He donated this collection in 2005 to Indiana University's Lilly Library. Uslan's legacy would finally see the fruits of his determination with 1989's Batman, almost a decade later. However, in the beginning, he couldn't find a studio that would take a chance on a serious Bat picture. So his first producer credit would be for the production company Swamp Films that he and Melnicker would co-found. With just a fraction of the budget of what it costs to make Superman, another DC comic book property, Swamp Thing was made on a budget of a mere $2.5 million. Undeterred and determined to capitalize on the popularity of the comic book feature film adaptation of Superman, Uslan tapped little-known indie film director Wes Craven to write and direct. Having never been allowed to read comics as a kid, Wes Craven had no idea who Swamp Thing was and had to read through the entire series in order to tell the origin tale. That's painful, by the way, that uh, he donated his $30,000 comic book collection, what is probably millions of dollars in value. Yeah, but I mean, I think I read somewhere on the way that the Bat- Batman films that he gets a producer credit for have grossed something like $7.6 billion. So I don't think he's hurting for money. Actually, you know, I tried to look up his net worth and from everything I've read and everyone, you can Google his name and look it up yourself. It's like 1.2 million bucks. Still, that's 1.2 million more than I have. For a guy that owned the rights to Batman, that should be in the billion. Maybe. I guess it depends on what the contract said. But yeah, I, I, I'm surprised. I would never have donated my 30,000 comic book collection. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I mean, I would have to be dead. Like I'd just have to die and then they'd have to donate it on. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, lay you on top of it, light it all on fire. Not a bad plan. Then I could take it with me into the afterlife. That's right. <laughs> Those of you that don't know, Wes Craven, who recently passed away in 2015, is an iconic film director of 36 films, a writer of another 50 films, and is best well known for the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise and the Scream franchise. Craven, coming off the success of Last House on the Left and Hills Have and The Hills Have Eyes, in the late 70s, was eager to try his hand at something besides horror. And in 1980, it was confirmed that Craven would begin shooting right after his film, Deadly Blessing, which, by the way, stars an unknown Christy Swanson in the lead role. Uh, It's pretty cool. I I mean, I actually went out and watched the movie. It has not aged well at at all, but (laughs) it was still an entertaining watch. With principal photography set to begin on 27 April 1981 under the title The Swamp Thing, 
The movie was filmed in the swamps of South Carolina with the benefit of having old restored buildings being a good shooting location for Arcane's mansion. Shooting in the swamps of South Carolina during the heat of summer proved not to be the greatest idea. The cast repeatedly discussed how awful the filming was, including black caterpillar plagues and even a stunt actor, Ben Bates, passing out during the iconic Arcane Swamp Thing fight sequence. Yeah, well, that, that's the handicap of not being able to build your own set. Not only that, but the young Craven, this was his opportunity to get beyond the horror genre because at that time he had already been labeled a horror director. Like He, he was afraid he, he was going to be stuck in there for the rest of his career. So he really wanted this, but unfortunately, $2.5 million is not a lot of money, not even in 1980. Yeah, and I, I kind of felt bad for the, the Dick Durock character because he's in all this swamp makeup and everything. And here he is lumbering through this, the actual swamp. Like, I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, he, right. his feet are probably waterlogged. Like, I mean, he must have spent the entire shoot with his skin, like, like a prune, just like meshed up. You know what I mean? Like, it must have been horrible. <laughs> so for its day, the cast of the film was recognizable and filled with mostly television actors. None of these were A-listers, but for the time, they were a draw for people to want to see this film. The film would star Louis Jordan as Arcane. Jordan, who passed away at the ripe age of 93 in 2015, had 88 acting credits and was best known as Kamal Khan in the 007 film Octopussy and as Gaston in the 1958 Gigi. Jordan lost his son during the production of this film, but managed to push through filming. He would painstakingly go over every piece of dialogue and even contributed to recommendations for which Craven would include. In addition, the film also starred Ray Wise as Dr. Alec Holland, who would turn into Swamp Thing television character with over 248 acting credits though 248 yeah. acting credits he was the big name on the project most of them are tv but still that's an impressive number 248 yeah. and still acting today i should know. dick durock a stunt actor who would play swamp thing has 70 acting credits and craven even tried to put wise in the swamp thing costume however because he and durock <laughs> looked so completely different craven scrapped the footage that he had shot and finally, legendary scream queen Adrienne Barbeau was cast as Alice Cable. The Alice Cable character is actually an amalgam of two characters, Abby Arcane and Matthew Joseph Cable from the source Swamp Thing comic books, who in them was married to Matthew Cable and is the niece of Dr. Anton Arcane, the latter of whom in the film is played by Louis Jordan. Barbeau is still working today with over 155 acting credits and is best known for Escape from New York, Creep Show, The Fog, and one of my personal favorites, The Cannonball Run. I got to tell you, besides Duroc's Swamp Thing, Barbeau was the only other actor I remembered about this film. Having just <laughs> watched it, I was actually shocked by how well her character seemed to age. She's fearless, a good fighter, very outspoken. But, you know, as Euros seemed to want a little more of heroines, the DVD destined for Europe included a topless scene of Adrian Barbeau bathing in the swamp. However, due to a DVD production snafu, the European version of the Swamp Thing was released in the United States, granting the wishes of millions or maybe hundreds, since sales weren't that good, of American Barbo <laughs> fans. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sales were not good at all. But Barbo was already established at the time as a sex symbol. She wasn't happy about that, by the way. She, she didn't like the fact that, that that was what she'd be known for. So, yeah, I mean, for Barbo, she hit a home run with the fog, right? I mean, her husband at the time, John Carpenter, said, you know what? I'm going to write a movie for you. And he wrote The Fog, an immortal uh, horror movie staple till today. I would argue the movie that most people remember her from is from The Fog. And 
she admitted that she didn't like horror movies. She wasn't very proud of the Fog Project. She does appreciate where it landed her in pop culture throughout all these years. But it's when she went into this project, it was just another project that she's like, oh man, am I going to do this again? Do another project like this? So it's kind of interesting how she landed into this film. That is kind of interesting. Uh, I will tell you that the one thing that struck me when I, when I saw this movie was that somewhere between the time that Adrian Barbeau plays this character, we don't really get another strong female character like this until Ripley in Aliens. Like, I mean, it's a great comparison. She has one moment yeah. where she like flips a guy over and knocks him out and like does all these kung fu moves. I'm like, I mean, she's holding her own against these guys, which <laughs> shocked me. And it's amazing. Well, think about it this way, right? So she was um, nominated for Tony for her role as Rizzo in the Broadway Grease production. Okay. Another strong female character. So it's kind of been her staple. She's always a strong female character. Yeah. I just can't get over that hairdo. That's the only thing I can't get away from that hairdo. Wow, is, that that is was the rough. hairdo of the day, man. Ugh. That was Wonder Woman had the same hairdo. That was, that was how it was a lot big, boofy, and in a lot of cases feathered. Oh, very, very difficult to watch that hairdo. <laughs> Well, we can't get away without discussing scenes. I think it's only appropriate to talk about the one scene that stuck with you and me after all these years. So, Del, when we initially discussed this movie, the scene which Swamp Thing's arm grows back was the one scene that both of us could remember. Yep. So let me set this up. Let me set the mood for you. Earlier in our film, Swamp Thing lost an arm while doing battle with Arcane's paramilitary squad. One-armed and outgunned, he found himself Arcane's prisoner and locked away in the dungeon of Arcane's mansion, along with Alice Cable. I will note, like, I don't know how many mansions come with a dungeon, but I mean, it's kind of interesting. Well, you so, just had one. Yeah, You're apparently. Guy, I guess if you have a mansion, why not have a dungeon? Yeah, it's standard. Yeah, <laughs> standard. Standard evil henchman. You know? That's right. <laughs> so after Arcane gets the secret to the formula from Swamp Thing's alter ego, Alec Halden, he rushes off to concoct the formula for himself. Meanwhile, defeated both physically and morally, Swamp Thing sits chained to the wall. As the sun rises, a glimmer of sunlight moves through the open window at the top of the cell. Reach for it. You thrive on the light. Reach for it. As Swamp Thing reaches for the sunlight, he feels the energy course through his body and it starts to regenerate his cells. A stem protrudes from his injured arm and starts to grow. As Swamp Thing's power grows, he grows stronger and breaks the chains which bind him and frees Alice. So, Del, in my mind, this scene was way more amazing than I remembered it. As a kid, I seem to recall we got to see the whole arm regenerate. This might have been something my eight-year-old brain imagined reimagined i don't know after all i do have a very active imagination in fact re-watching the scene after all these years i was it was kind of a letdown now granted <laughs> this is a two and a half million dollar budget in 1981 and the special effects weren't all that amazing for the time but i just remember it being well more no i'm with you this is what you had asked me earlier on and that was the scene right it it, it always the, the little 
the little plant arm growing out, you know, as he's touching the sunlight. Very visually, you know, it stuck with me. But then I watched it for this podcast and it's like, oh, well, that's not exciting at all. <laughs> in, your ma- in your mind, do you remember seeing the whole arm gener- regenerate? I do. Yeah, I do, I do again. too. Again, I, that's my kid brain at work, right? I mean, that's why kids like this movie <laughs> and adults did not. Adults really did not like this movie. I'd like to test this on an eight-year-old. Let me find an eight-year-old and play this movie for it. Get that, get that eight-year-old to review it. Anyway, yeah, having having watched it now, it's like it's all. I'm watching it almost like, oh, I could do that with my iPhone. Ah, <laughs> uh, coming to our Instagram account. Yeah, anyway. that's right. Low budget films. Here we come. Well, though, having said all that, I think we're there. It's time to three P this bad boy up. <laughs> all right, you got a three P for me. I actually do, Kenny. I really do. All right. I had to think long and hard on this one, but here goes. As a kid in 1982, I remember loving this movie just like you. I watched it every chance I got. Certain scenes stuck out in my memory that helped to keep this film nostalgic, like, like you know, the Swamp Thing regrowing his arm while the bad guy changes into the sword-wielding armadillo thing, I think. <laughs> It was a weird looking dude, wasn't it? Was, I think it was like an armadillo thing. Having watched it 30 years later, my fond childhood memories have been in comic book parlance. Vanquished. <laughs> <laughs> this film has not aged well at all. The barely existent story is horrible. The special effects, costume, and makeup are hokey. The acting is not good because of the film, despite featuring great actors like Louis Jordan and Adrian Barbeau. Wes Craven did what he could at the times, but during this time of filmmaking, a character like Swamp Thing was just too far out of reach to be believable on screen for anybody. It didn't matter who was going to do it. You could throw as much money as you want at them. It wasn't going to change it. We saw in the 2019 TV show Swamp Thing rated TVMA that with current effects and technology, Swamp Thing can be a fantastic character if made into a feature film today. But, you know, this film has shining moments. There are elements of this film that add to the charm of it as a B-movie, which is probably why it's a cult classic, complete with laughs and moments of awe and a backstory worth knowing. So I'm going to give this movie a pause. It, because, and you know, there's a lot to go with that. It would be cool with me if somebody like James Gunn were to continue this story in modern times the same way Jason Reitman did with Ghostbusters Afterlife, giving this original version of Swamp Thing renewed value as part of a greater story. The people involved in this project worked their butts off to create this cult classic, and I hope that folks can appreciate 1982 Swamp Thing as part of the evolution of the superhero genre we enjoy today. And in that regard, I think everybody should watch it, especially if you're a fan of Marvel films, of DC films, because this is part of the legacy that brought us here. I like that, the legacy. I like that. It's cool. Well, remember what I talked about impact, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, without I mean, this movie serves a purpose in in its time, but it's uh, yeah, well, it has an age bird. Yeah, but you know, it's a stepping stone, though. I mean, it was a feature film. It's true. I mean, we also had to sit through Dolph Lundgren Punisher at some point too. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, so here I go. Swamp Thing is a fun, entertaining action adventure film about an obscure comic book character you may or may not have ever heard of. It's fast paced, clocking in at a quick ninety one minutes. It has monster fights, military battles, and boat chase sequences, which will keep you entertained. It is safe to say that after 40 years, this film has not aged well. Some might even say the film didn't age well for 1982. However, the nostalgic piece of me has to acknowledge how much fun this movie was to watch as a kid. 
It was a film I rented more than once and even enjoyed the sequel, which would come out eight years later. No one is ever going to say that this is their favorite Wes Craven picture, myself included. (laughs) But it is important to see how innovative this man was as he filmed this movie on a palsy two and a half million dollars. Remember, this is a comic book property. And in 2022, this film gets an 80 to 100 million dollar budget, along with some A-list actors. While Jordan, Barbeau and Wise aren't nobodies, they weren't A-listers even for the day. People are going to laugh, but this movie is a play for me. Whoa, wow. And while, <laughs> and while it's purely the, for nostalgic reasons, I recommend this movie only for those that have the stomach for ridiculous 1980s cinema. If you don't like Might, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you probably aren't going to like this movie. Go so ahead. play, huh, Kenny? Play, yeah. Play, yeah, huh? It's a play. I liked it. Uh, I liked it. And I agree with our uh, amazing Facebook social media group that this movie's a classic. <laughs> hey, okay. All right. Did Chris vote for this one? I can't remember if Chris voted or not. <laughs> I'm not. I know a lot of people did. We put it on all of our platforms, and Swamp Thing was like blew the other three films out of the water. So, Chris, I have to tell you because I know you're listening to this right now. Go ahead and send us a voicemail. I'd like to play your 3P on there sometime. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we could scratch that itch on Swamp Thing. Man, I could definitely say that as an adult, Swamp Thing was completely different than I remember. And I can kind of understand how this movie almost ended the career of Wes Craven. (laughs) The man didn't work for two years after the release of this film, though. Craven has said of this film that he has no good memories of making it. And the only good thing that came out of it was that he got an idea for a little known movie called Nightmare on Elm Street. So thank God he was able to rebound. Otherwise, we would have missed out on some truly groundbreaking horror. There's another stepping stone. Without this movie, there'd be no Nightmare on Elm Street. So another reason to watch it. Yeah, Nightmare, man. Great film. I still contend that even after 40 years, you can still enjoy this movie. It just requires a lot of alcohol and some friends (laughs) with a warped sense of humor. This is definitely a watch party worthy film. And you can find this on YouTube for free. Whole thing. Also on Tubi. Yeah, minus the Adrian Barbeau nudity scene. Sorry. Yeah, You got to go out and find a European DVD for that. All right. right. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And for myself and Del, this has been the Brothers in Armchairs podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Aloha. You need to heal. You need to tell our story. I'll see you soon. Until then, I'll always be with you.